Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tim Grassi, and I am so excited for this interview. I'm pumped. I'm amped up because out of there's not a lot of fan bases that I like really look forward to talking to, but the Eagles fan base has uh, provided some gems over the year, and I have absolutely no doubt that that's what's going to happen in this interview this evening. And so I have brought on a man. He runs the highly successful YouTube channel, Sports Talk with Broads. It's Broads himself. Broads, just rolls off the tongue. Thanks for coming on, bud. Absolutely. I'm super stoked to be here. Look, this city is unbelievable right now, as you can imagine. If I have another opportunity to destroy this football team with my words, I will take it. Look, I do the Sports Talk with Broads YouTube channel. I'm on 97.3 ESPN here in South Jersey, which is about 20 minutes outside Philadelphia. Four hours from Monday through Friday, two to six, nonstop going after this team for the last two weeks. And here I am after that, and we're doing it more. And what I think about in my dreams, Doug Peterson's facing a little one too. So I'm ready to go all day long. Yeah, I can already tell the energies will be up here and I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of those, <laughs> it's funny. I've run the gambit this year about like idealistic fans who have just been like, you know what? Like this is our year. I got that from Vikings fans. That was fun. Uh, and then I've talked to like Jaguars fans who are like, everything is pain. Like everything hurts. Like I, I listen to you and I'm talking to you and I'm hearing you. So like, oh no, like I'm actually attacking this football team. Like I, it's almost like I want to see them fail just so we can just get blown up. So kind of just tell me the, the roller coaster that you've gone on this season with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, this is bad. I mean, this is the worst it's been in a long time. I remember the end of Chip Kelly. And with Chip Ooh. Kelly, it was a nightmare. But this team. Th this is oh, this is different, though, because this, this coach won a Super Bowl. And this regime put together something where you believe, hold on, they can do this. And Carson Wentz, what the hell happened to this guy? We had a legit star, and now he's the bottom of the bottom, it makes no sense. So I'm torn because I am anti-fan that freaks out every season that we need to fire Howie, get rid of Doug Peterson, and get rid of Jim Schwartz. But this is the season, it's almost as if they're right. And I don't <laughs> like those people being right. But there is a problem here. And unfortunately, in this city right now, there's a lot of drama around the ownership, putting his fingerprints on things. Is he forcing the coach to use certain people? What's happening with Jalen Hurts? So you're seeing a very dysfunctional organization. And once it gets to that degree, it's starting to get really ugly. Yeah, and I feel like you brought up a lot of really interesting points and some that we are going to dive deep into. But like the 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 feeling I'm getting, and this was immediately after talking to you, I was like, man, like a police horse is going to get punched in the face again. Like that was literally like the first image that came to me. And I was like, it's going to happen again. And I don't know, I don't think it's going to be because they won a Super Bowl. Like, I feel like it's just like, you know what, guys, sometimes we need to, we need to get that energy out. <laughs> we need to just, and just, and just call it. Am I right with that analysis? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Look, I, here's the here's the thing though. I don't want it to sound because here's another thing. I'm anti. I'm anti. Philadelphia is full of just terrible people. Agreed. Because 
We're passionate, good people. The problem is there's the asses, if you will, who do go to the extreme that make us look a lot worse than what we really are. And every fan base has that. But there is this narrative surrounding this city that intensifies it a little more, which I'm not cool with. You know, we're crazy, but we're good crazy. There's always those bad in every fan base. Of course. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I and, and you know what? It's funny. When I first talked to an Eagles fan, this was years ago, I, I literally brought that up, right? Because, like, what kind of gets associated with Philadelphia is, like, the prison booing Santa. Like, it, like it's just these, like, constant things that, like, happen. And I think the first question I asked, I was like, are you guys, like, really that bad? And it was the same exact answer. It was just like, no, we're, like, super passionate about our football team. We love our sports. And there's a couple assholes that are, like, mixed in there every now and then. And like, I respect that. Like, I get that. You know, I don't think it's indicative of the entire fan base. Right, exactly. And it's not. But we are we are passionate and we do <laughs> we play with the line, and that's fair as long as you stay under the line. That's so it. look, the, yeah, th- this this game though, upcoming on Sunday. Oh, that's how I feel now. When it's Sunday and I have my notebook right here, I am. I turn yeah. on the TV. First off, my my man cave I got going. I got the old three TVs on the wall. Boom. Ooh, there we red, go. You got red zone on the one. You got a random college basketball game that's on mute. I won't even look at it. And then I got the birds, right? When it when it's around 1245, I'm ready. I got my notes. A big. <sighs> All right. Here we go. Here we go again. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Just got to prepare like your liver for like the next uh, a couple hours. You're just like, sorry, buddy, this is gonna hurt again. Like, <laughs> that's well, it. at this point, it's I hope I don't fall asleep by the second quarter. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so you you brought up and I'll, the first thing I want to talk about is is Carson Wentz because you alluded to years ago this guy is playing at an MVP caliber level. Um, you know, is the dominant face of the franchise is going to be the guy that's going to take you obviously suffers an unfortunate injury that kind of, you know, I I don't want to say derails, but I think like there has definitely been a pre-injury Carson Wentz and a post-injury Carson Wentz. And a lot of people are very quick to point the finger at Carson Wentz and be like, you're bad. Like you're doing a bad job, right? Has like 15 interceptions, which I think if I'm not mistaken, is the highest in the league right now. But at the same time, I'm also looking like the guy has been sacked 46 times and we're going into week 13. So I think the, for one of the big questions I want to ask you, it, is it all Carson Wentz? Is it part of the offensive line? Is it the lack of weapons around him? Or is it kind of just like D all of the above? Great question. So this fan base right now is 50-50 split. The Carson Wentz just sucks. You got to get rid of him. This guy's pathetic. And those people have been saying that once again, sort of like the Howie, Jim Schwartz, fire them all thing. People have been saying that for three, four years. And it's unfortunate that you're saying that when it doesn't make sense. And now it makes sense this season. And I think, damn, like, okay. They're like, I told you so. And you're like, no, it didn't count back then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But I lean towards the side of all of the above and, and specifically Doug, because you Doug Peterson has openly said, Miles Sanders is our one positive this year. Yet he had six carries last game. He doesn't run the ball. We thought Andy Reid was bad. This guy right now is 65-35 pass run when Pat Mahomes is lower than that. And that guy's a legit stud, not even close to Carson Wentz. He's so much better. So it doesn't make sense. Carson Wentz thrives rolling to the right and throwing on the run. 
He had one designed play for that to happen. So this coach is setting the kid up to fail when he's already struggling. There's flaws on Carson specifically himself individually. But when you're a coach and it's this bad, you got to baby him. Unfortunately, I don't want it to be this way, but baby the kid. And he's not doing it. So he's putting Carson in spots to fail. But I'm with you. Offensive line, trash. Receivers can't get open. It's all of the above. Because I feel it, by the way, um, every single time that Travis Fulgham scores a touchdown, I just feel a little shot right right, right into uh, my lung. So I appreciate that. But and, and Richard Rogers, by the way, you know, you're welcome for the Hail Mary. You know, listen, he did it for us. It was great five-year anniversary today. Wonderful. Um, what, what I think that you kind of touched on is, is talking about not putting them in spots where they're going to succeed. And I feel like that that happens frequently throughout the league, right? In which you have a guy like Carson Wentz. Let's just say, you know, injury has changed him forever, right? Let's go with that narrative. It's changed him forever. It's still your responsibility as the coach to put your players in the best position to win and be successful. So for what I'm hearing from you is that Doug Peterson is completely failing to do that. So my question to you is then, okay, in terms of Doug Peterson, it seems that he's gotten a pass because obviously, like you said, he won a Super Bowl. So for you, if there's one thing that you're going to change about this Eagles squad, is it looking at that front office and is it looking at like Doug Peterson and going like, you're the biggest problem, not the only problem, but you're the biggest problem right this second that could get remedied? Well, I will say it would be more interesting if Carson Wentz's contract wasn't what it is. You can't move on from this guy. You would take such a big cap hit where it's literally impossible to move on from Wentz. So in terms of change, as much as I have destroyed Doug Peterson over the last four weeks, and and I mean lost my voice, disgusted (laughs) in a lot of things that he has done, I am willing to bring him back for one year because I don't think this is Carson Wentz. I've Mm. seen... Four years of good football. This is weird, right? So I'm leaning towards the same emotions with Doug. I don't think Doug is this bad. He has shown success. So there's no way that Carson goes from one extreme to the next. I don't think Doug goes from good coach to horrendous coach. So I'm willing to give him another shot. I just fear that when I look at this, this front office, Howie, Doug, Lori, who's the owner, Jim Schwartz, because of the Super Bowl win, are their heads so big that mm. they just don't work together anymore and it's time to hit a refresh for all of them? Mm. You, you talk about refresh, and we do definitely have some similarities um, because both of our fan bases took drafting early quarterbacks really, really well this past draft. We, we both it, it went over really, really smoothly. Um, and, like, listen, <laughs> it was great because the first night – Everyone was like, oh my God, Packers. But then a little heat came off of us for like a hot second before we drafted a running back in the second and went to the Eagles. So I appreciate that just for a brief moment of uh, reprieve. So you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. Why? (laughs) Like, I feel like that's the best way that I can word it. Like why at that position? Why even draft a QB? Because now if you're looking at Carson Wentz and if you're on that bandwagon that you've alluded to of like Carson Wentz sucks and he needs to get out, I can imagine there's some people that are like, okay, like this might be a good thing. But then you also mentioned the the contract and then you're like, what's, what's happening here? It doesn't make any sense. And I have a lot of sources that do cover the Eagles and they've been covering them for years and years and years. And we're trying to still get the answers. That's the thing. Literally, nobody knows. The media does not know. Nobody can get any answers. And when you see the way that they're using him, 
I don't think they know. Look, I yeah. hated the pick, but there's no way that this is the best way to use him. You have Carson Wentz lining up at wide receiver and running a read option 90% of the time. It yeah. doesn't work. And so you let's say you do there, there's been three pass attempts in 35 snaps of Jalen Hurts. So you gain five yards with a nice pass to Alshon Jeffrey, let's say, and then you pull him out and Carson Wentz gets sacked the next play and you punt. What was the purpose? They don't even know, and nobody knows. It's just like, hey, buddy. We need to continuously justify why we drafted you in the second. Just go out there, throw a pass. Who knows what's going to happen? And that, because like, I feel like, because the the comments that were made after the draft was like, oh, maybe they'll use him like, because this is the fun new buzzword. Maybe they'll use him like Taysom Hill, right? And I'm like, sure, but you don't draft Taysom Hill in the second round, right? Like that's, you don't get a gadget player for your QB, in the second round. That's something like maybe like down the line, you're looking, you know, maybe day three, you know, he's sitting there in like the fifth round. You're like, you know what? Sure. Let's take a flyer on him. Let's take him. Why not? You know, maybe he can be a reprieve and stuff like that. But what you're mentioning is not only is his utilization incredibly confusing and very limited, but at the same time, like you're kind of just sitting and waiting and going like, okay, waiting to figure out why we drafted him. Is that one of those things that it's just going to be like, it's just going to take time because listen, all the Packers fans are still on my ass about Jordan Love. And I'm like, no, he's supposed to sit. Like he's, he's supposed, we're not supposed to see him. But like, what is, what is the thought process between, I, cause excuse, please excuse my ignorance. How many more years does Wentz have? Uh, he has, there's like an, the way the contract is built, there is an out in about two seasons where you can okay. maybe play around, but you're still taking some damage. You're still taking it's, a hit. Right. It's just a more acceptable thing. So you're stuck with Wentz for a couple of seasons here before yeah. you can maybe get out of it, kind of. Yeah, I don't know then. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, the, and think about it. They made this pick before you've ever seen Wentz in this. The yes. last time they saw Wentz, he brought five practice squad players to a playoff run, winning four games in a row. So it, it literally makes no sense. And I'm not anti-gadget. I would be okay with gadget if you didn't have the worst linebacking core in the NFL. If you had an outside, like you don't have an outside corner opposite sure. of Darius Slay. You have so many flaws that... Fix your flaws, then get the gadget. Fine. If you have a better roster, I'm cool with it. But yeah. you can't get the gadget before you have a completed roster. Yeah. Yeah. It it just doesn't. And listen, you know, Packers have been, <laughs> we still, every single time the Green Bay Packers lose, it was like, oh man, would have been nice to got a wide receiver, huh? Or a linebacker or a defensive tackle. And I'm like, listen, guys, I get it. Like, okay, I get, I get it. And it, and it seems that, even the, the argument that I can make for the Packers, like they're drafting for the future, right? You're getting your, your potential next franchise QB, you know, Aaron Jones might wind up, you know, being too expensive for us to resign. He's in a contract year that I can justify and be like, okay, this one, I don't get like this one. This one is one of those things that like, I, I, I you know, Jalen Rager. I was like, okay, cool. You're getting a wide receiver, you know, speedy guy, slot guy. Great. Wonderful. And I think, you know, that that brings me to before this season even started, kind of what your expectations were for this season. Did you see yourself, I don't want to say seeing like being, you know, where you are now, but like, did you see this being like a playoff contending team that, you know, Wentz kind of stepping it up or did you kind of already see cracks before the season even began? 
I did not see cracks. And first, I do want to touch on the, the love pick. The yes. only difference, too, is you guys have had success doing this in the past when you went out and got Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. based off track record, we've done this before and it worked. So if I saw that out of my organization, I would be more willing to accept what happened. Yeah. But with this season, when I went through the old WLs, even though none of it actually matters, Nothing. <laughs> I looked at this team at, as 9-7, and seven, you can win the division. I honestly thought the Cowboys would win the division and the Eagles would make the playoffs as a wild card team underneath of them at nine and seven. That's what I thought. Never in a million years would I think we'd be here. Yeah. And you brought up the um, complete and total train wreck that is the NFC East. As someone who is directly in it, <laughs> can you give me your thoughts from inside like the, the bathtub full of feces like and looking out? What is that like being a like? Is is it one of those comforting things of like you're looking around and you're like crap, man. Eagles are playing terrible, but you're looking around and you're like, at least I'm in good company. <laughs> I used to feel, and when I say used to, I'm talking two weeks ago before. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah back then. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, before it hit this rock bottom. I was thinking about the division still, and okay, we still have a chance. If you find a way to win one of these five games, sure. maybe you can win it. But it has hit such a low point in this city for this team that thinking about the NFC East, thinking about the division, honestly, thinking about teams outside of the Eagles isn't even in a lot of the brains of, of people around this town because – this you got to fix this. I don't yeah. care about the Giants. I don't care about Washington. I don't care about Dallas. I don't. I really don't. I don't care about anyone. I can't even watch football after the birds because I'm defeated. It's about fixing this team. So in terms of the division, have at it, Giants. Have at it, Washington. I like your front four. Go have. I'm rooting for you. Do yeah. it, please. Take me out of my misery. Just let the, the football team without a name. Like, listen, I think that would be like the perfect end cap on a 2020. It's just like, here are your division winners. <laughs> it's a Washington Look, you can team. argue that Alex Smith is the most yes. competent quarterback established, Agreed. is the word I'm looking for. Quarterback in this division right now. I agree. I would agree with that. And I, listen, I think they have a good defense. You know, I think that they, you know, I think that they have a shot, you know, their, their schedule could go either way, but I think they definitely have a shot considering like you, I thought the Cowboys with McCarthy, I was just like, Oh man, they're gonna be firing on all cylinders, right? That offense is gonna be unstoppable. And then Mike McCarthy was like, <laughs> no, um, you know, and obviously you had Dak go down and stuff like that. So kind of looking ahead uh, before we get to specifically this Sunday's game, I know you're talking about, you know, being taken out back and being put out of your misery. Is there a small part of you that's like, Okay, but let's win the division and go to the playoffs. Honestly, no. Yeesh. Nope. I know, and it's weird. And, and I'm definitely – see, I'm anti a lot of things because sure. being on the radio, I hear a lot of stupid callers. I hear a lot of stupid text board. We got the text sure. board people text in. So I, I can't stand irrational people. So I, I'm not one of those I'd rather get a draft pick than make the playoffs normally. I would oh. rather be 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven and sure. make the postseason because – uh, the, the big thing for me when we were talking about this a few weeks back was I value Wentz playing a playoff game. He's late 20s at this point. He's never played a playoff game. I need it. But now I don't know anything about this kid where it was about Wentz. It was solely about Wentz. That's all. The, the only reason why I wanted to make the postseason was Wentz. And yeah. if he's playing like this, getting that postseason experience and, and having a QBR that's two, I don't know if I care to see it. Yeah, I get that. 
I totally, and like, I feel like, you know, it, is it just like a sense of like, it's bad because the injuries aren't as bad as it last year, but I mean, that's a really low bar because the injuries last year were like horrific. Like that was, they're printing out the injury report every week and like, they're out of paper, right? Like it's, it's, it's going on for a while. They need to reorder toner. And like, I, I watched that Seattle game and the Philadelphia game last year in the wild card. And I was just like, woof, like, cause it's just too beat up teams that are just like going at it and what have you. And I feel like there has to be, you know, like this sense of like, okay, at least it's not going to be that right. As long as we can stay like moderately healthy, we'll be able to do something here. So I think kind of like heading into April, when you're talking about the draft, where do you see kind of being like the biggest needs for the Eagles right now? Is it addressing offensive line? Is it addressing linebacker? Is it corner? Like if your first pick, like what are you looking at to try and like, you know, remedy some of this stuff? Well, the last time I checked, they would have the sixth overall pick. If they're in the area now, of course, so much can happen to the end of the season, sure. but uh, you have so many holes that the problem is what type of quarterback, what teams want in that area. I would honestly try and trade down. You have that many problems that I would try and find a way to trade down. But sense. people are seriously, this city's nuts. Sometimes people want to trade up and go get themselves a new quarterback after drafting Jalen hurts last year in the second round, having Carson Wentz on this big deal, they want to go up and get a new quarterback. So that's how people feel right now. What you really need to address, though, is outside corner, opposite of Darius Slay, you have someone who's 5'8 right now and Avante Maddox who can't hang with the tall guy. So it's not going to work. You need an outside corner. You need a safety. Rodney McLeod is a nice job. But other than that, you don't really have much. They just let Will Parks go for nothing. He's a 26-year-old kid who I think 26, 28 in that range of, you know, he can play in this league. He got picked back up from Denver and you have no linebackers. I mean, that's where you got to start the offensive line. It's interesting. We've been spoiled with pro bowl hall of fame type players yeah. with offensive line. And this is the first time we're experiencing what the rest of the league experiences, maybe a little worse, but we're not accustomed to this and the quarterbacks feeling it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if it's one of those things too, like, I find that you've been bringing up like the fans and stuff like that. One, that's usually people who do not understand cap at all, but they're just like, no, let's go get Trevor Lawrence. And you're like, do you, do you not see the roster that's currently in front of us? Like, do you see how money works, doesn't work or whatever? They're like, no, we want the shiny new toy. I mean, listen, you know, the Bengals went out and got themselves a franchise QB and good for them. And I said this literally since the beginning of the season, I was like, there's no offensive line. God help him. And like, listen, I, I'm, I, I know he got surgery. I hope he recovers and has an amazing career. But like, it's not a sexy or flashy move. But offensive like line, that's what keeps you in football games, right? Like Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of his career got sacked like 50 times a season. The guy was getting destroyed. And that's what, you know, if you want to see Carson Wentz improve, you know, you talk about the, uh, the guys that, you know, first establishing a running game to actually help the guy out. But, you know, if he's not getting sacked 46 times heading into week 13, I guarantee you he's going to play a little bit better. You know, it might not be like back in MVP form, but it's going to be better. So, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, and for injury prone, he was labeled injury prone for quite some time. For the amount of shots he's taken, it's pretty impressive that he's just getting up. But, I mean, I blame Doug. I blame the offensive line injuries. I blame all this and that. There are a lot of huge issues from mechanics to not seeing the field. There are a lot of schemed plays where it's wide open and he is flat out just missing. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of psychological things happening from 
being who he was in 17, Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl the following year, getting hurt, Nick Foles bringing them to the playoffs, drafting Jalen Hurts. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but there's a mental, I, I hate to even compare it to this, but Markel Fultz had an issue with the mental side of the basketball game when this, when the, I don't know if you're a basketballsman, but the Sixers went up, got the number one pick, forgot how to play basketball, mental laps, couldn't even shoot. Carson yeah. Wentz seems to have a pretty big mental issue right now that he can't get over. I mean, the guy's gone through a lot, you know what I mean? But I, I think, again, then that just boils down to coaching, right? Like, you are going – then in that case, it's like, hey, Carson, we're going to run it 25 times. Like, and you know what? And and we're going to do what you have to do, like, until you are more comfortable mentally. Because, again, we are I don't want to say we're stuck with you, but we're stuck with you, right? Like, you're our guy. I'm going to at least pretend to have confidence in you. And like, let's go out and you know what I mean? Like at some point though, you got to win with the people that you have. And right now they're, they're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. The, the, the one thing that I'd like to tie it into is, and, and I don't think that Doug Peterson relates to Sean McVay at all in terms of sure. offensive creativity, but Jared Goff, I think he is a good quarterback. He's not a lead. He's not great. He is a good quarterback. Fine, but yeah. Sean McVay, the other day, he went 39 of 51. Jared Goff is not that good, but the coach is putting this guy in position and scheming guys wide open left and right. And once again, I said Doug does get guys open and Wentz misses, but not to the level that he should scheme guys open like Sean McVay does. Jared Goff is a – like. It's not a flaw, but he's a system quarterback. He's told what to do, predetermined reads, but it works. They're having success. Wentz, he's more of a backyard football guy, so you can't do the same exact thing. His beauty is escaping, extending plays, playing Thanksgiving football with your family-type football. That's what he does, so it can't be the same way, but you, you can take a similar mindset and apply it to Wentz. And I think what, you know, pointing at that, you look at like this past Sunday with the Rams and the 49ers, like golf was terrible. Like he, two interceptions, fumbling the ball, what have you. And, and McVay literally came out and said, like, he's got to stop turning the ball over. Right. And like, at that point though, you can look and be like, listen, the scheme is working. Guys are getting open. That's on the quarterback to hold on to the football and not turn it over. And at least at that point, like you can identify the problem, Right. Here, like we, we started off this show talking about like, eh, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And I think like it, it just gets so muddled in that nobody's helping each other, you know, say like, okay, here's the solution. Let's all work towards that. But instead it's just like, no, <laughs> we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to wind up doing that. And, and Doug Peterson, his MO, and you talk about, you know, you can point out the problem with that in in the uh, in the Rams game where hey he was turning the ball over but the scheme was working yeah. when i look at Doug it's is similar his identity as a coach he, he's not the strongest x's and o's guys and and he never was a strong x and o guy and that's fine but what he was good at was everyone being together he had this great culture set and sure. right now that's not getting accomplished so that's what i'm concerned with if he was still getting that message across to the same level but they were losing it would be more acceptable. But what Doug sure. is ex- excels at, he's not excelling this season. And that's where I have the problem with Doug. Yeah. No, I mean, that 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 makes a lot of sense. I'm very curious to see, because I know that like there's, I was an article a few days ago that like Doug Peterson was just like, you know, not expecting to finish the end of the seat. Like there's no guarantee. I think that's how they worded it. We'll see. I mean, because again, at the same time, you know, 
you then take a look at, there's a lot of head coaching vacancies. Like, you know, there's only a, a handful of people that you might want to be your next head coach. And you bring up a good point. Like, are we willing to start from scratch? Right. In which, and by scratch, I mean, like basically just a, like head coach position. Cause you're still going to have your quarterback, you know, who's going through issues. You're still going to have the O-line. You're still going to have those problems. Do you want to throw a head coaching vacancy into that? So I, I completely understand that logic of just like, let's roll with him for another year and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm having trouble though, because, it's do you keep a Super Bowl winning coach because he won a Super Bowl three years ago? Or do you look at it as does this guy put us in the best position possible? So are you keeping a guy just to keep a guy because he won something a few years ago? Or do you think he can really push it to the next level again? And that's where I'm kind of torn with him. But I, I do think he deserves another chance. But I, I do kind of relate him to Mike McCarthy. I literally was just yeah, about to I say do. I, I always bring it up because yep. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Then what are we witnessing Mike McCarthy 2.0 and Doug Peterson? Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and this has been a conversation for a decade with Packers fans because, you know, they were competitive almost every single year, you know, going, I think it was eight straight playoff berths. Like it was great. And then, you know, Rogers would get hurt and stuff like that, but they, I, the Eagles don't have an Aaron Rodgers, right? Like they have, they have, they have Carson Wentz and, and that's fine. But I, I think that analogy, and if you didn't say it, I literally was just about to. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious about that as well. Um, if yeah. It's one of those scenarios of just like, all right, your past accomplishments are kind of like, they're allowing you to stay. They're giving you a little bit more rope. Um, yeah, it's a great question. I, mean, I think that if you give Peterson one more year, like that's his, listen, you need to go balls to the wall and like you need to fix things. Because if you don't, then you're gone, right? Like it's one year, do what you can and let's see like why we kept you. Exactly. Yeah, you're seeing conflicted reports. Like we had Sal Paolo Antonio on the show the other day, and he said that a uh, a three or four win season from Doug Peterson, he's probably getting canned. And then there's other people saying, look, every option is on the table. Maybe it's Howie Roseman. Maybe it's you know somebody else. Maybe sure. it's the quarterback's coach. And the problem is they don't have an offensive coordinator right now. They have a passing game coordinator, run game coordinator, assistant yeah. passing game coordinator, assistant 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 run game coordinator. It's ridiculous. So. You know, I, I don't know which direction they're going to go in, but I know this owner is not happy. He skipped the, he bought the team in 94. He did not go to the Cleveland Browns game and he left a couple practices in disgust. So he is not happy. He's never missed a game. Now the PR team claims, and I'm not trying to downplay sure, COVID, sure. COVID and all that, but he's an older gentleman. He was seeing his mother on Thanksgiving. So the PR team went with, he was quarantining to make sure Got his it. mother didn't get anything on Thanksgiving, but you don't miss a game in your entire career as the owner since 94. And this is the game you're going to skip and after then we leaving have been doing practices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. something's not adding up, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. the spin team's just like, crap. What do we got? <laughs> yeah. I get, I got you. Come up with something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is your, I just imagine the run game coordinator, like just sitting on the sideline. What, what are you doing? Not much. I don't really do anything here. It's <laughs> just I'm <laughs> on the sideline looking at an Arby's menu and like that, I wouldn't it. be surprised. That's it. Um, all right. So heading into this Sunday, uh, you got the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field. Um, if you guys are to come out with a W, what are like the keys that you see like the Eagles have to do? Because listen, Eagles are struggling last year. They come into Lambeau on Thursday night, they took care of business and beat the Packers. I was very sad that day. So I'm um, I'm Curious of like, one, can they do that again any given Sunday? But two, like, what do you see needs to happen in order for the Eagles to come away with a W? 
Okay, it's interesting you bring up that game because last year there was a game against the Miami Dolphins where the Eagles just got blown out. It was so ugly. Everybody was out on the team. But us optimistic fans at the time and, and people covering the team were, were looking at it as, okay, well, they went on the road on Thursday night football and beat the Packers. So you've seen this team at another level where, okay, that could have just been that one game where, wow, I can't believe the Dolphins won. And you move on to the next game. And that ended up being what it was at the end of the day. We haven't seen that game this season. There's always that that moment where it's like, hey, you know, whenever you count this team out. But that game, when you make that statement, that game already happened three times and you failed. So I'm no longer going down that road with this team. So it is funny you bring that game up because it is a constant conversation here with that Thursday night game specifically. If the Eagles were going to win this game, the the chances are so damn small because the way they would do it is by running the football. And they just do not run the ball. And there's a difference between – see, I'm not 1970s football where I want the fullback back in action and I want 45 carries. Six? Six (laughs) carries? Get to double digits at least. Well, this is just for Miles Sanders specifically. But this is your – your actual best playmaker. It's not your fifth or sixth option. He's your best playmaker. And for six carries, and I'm just spitting off the top of my head. I might be wrong, but I think it was one carry in the second half. So bad, bad, I get you. bad, bad, bad. So the way to win would be running the football. Here's the positive for you Packers fans. We don't run the football. That's a big positive because I think I've said to every single guest on this show this year, Hey, if you're looking to run the football, this is the week to do it. I, li- I think I literally have said that for every single person that I brought on because, again, it's our run defense. Even Montgomery like took off for a big one last on Sunday night. We wound up keeping him in check, but the Bears don't run the ball either. So, um, okay, that's good to know that because again, like your <laughs> defense uh, in the beginning of the game, the Seattle game, like they held, like they they looked good, and I was like, okay, like maybe maybe we got something going on here. Do you think like that's going to be a similar story when it comes to this Sunday? Like, you know, do you think your defense can like keep Rodgers in check? I do think that the defense holds the offense in it as long as possible. What they do is they start out where, you know, they, they keep you engaged, whether they, it, it, it's weird. It's either they give up a lot of points early and then they settle in and they, they keep it that way for a long period of time before breaking again, because they can only do so much when the sure. offense goes three and out every possession sure. or they go really solid for a long period of time. And then eventually Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb get their big breakthroughs. Because once again, you turn the ball over so many times you go three and out. There's only so much you can do, but there are areas that I feel the Packers can exploit. It's opposite of Darius Slay, although the Darius Slay is going to be interesting. He just got waxed by DK Metcalf and was very vocal and upset about how he said, this game is on me, even after going five, three and outs right from the jump. He's blaming himself for the loss. I'm curious how he battles this matchup with Devontae Adams, Um, but you, you can target opposite of Darius Slay, no doubt about it, automatic, because you just have a corner who's way too small on the opposite side. And, uh, you know, you, if you get to that second level with the linebackers, with the run game, you can totally take care of that as well. But the, the Avante, uh, Devontae Devont- Adams, excuse me, matchup with Darius Slay is going to be the one to watch just to see how uh, how that battle goes. And listen, they got they got some history together, right? Like they, Aaron Rodgers be like, hey, bud, good to see you again, right? Yep. So, yeah, it's fine. Listen, if there's any good story to come out of the Eagles, it's that you saved him from Detroit. 
You know what? Like that's that's the fear. Did he know how bad they are? No, 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 no. I disagree. He's probably sitting here going, "Huh, I wish I was still with Matt Patricia after this (laughs) nonsense." Well, you know, he's gone now. So he actually, he now he actually might want to go back to Detroit because Patricia is gone. And he's like, okay, cool. Now I'm good. Like he's the, the bad man is gone. I can, I can go back now. Uh, I love it, it. It's funny though, because he was probably expecting such a different culture here in sure. Philly. And he, and he walks into probably the worst season we've had in a long time. <laughs> he's just like, is it, is it me? What <laughs> Am I, I doing do? something wrong? What did I do? I broke a mirror somewhere. got bad luck. I walked under a ladder. Rhodes, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, Packers Eagles. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate uh, the conversation and y- you're bringing all your Eagles knowledge up in here. Uh, please tell the people where they can find all the things that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So on YouTube, it's Sports Talk with Broads, and, and the link will be in the description. And uh, on Twitter, at Broads81. And uh, pretty much I post everything that I do up there, and uh, the link to pretty much everything is on my Twitter as well. So those two are the are the spots to go. Beautiful. Buddy, I appreciate you coming on. I wish you the best of luck uh, in, the, in the rest of it. And listen, hey, may, maybe we'll see in the playoffs. Crazier things have happened. I mean, listen, with that East, it's – listen – Listen, you, you ha- here's the thing. You might not believe in your Eagles to win, but I don't believe in any of those NFC East teams to win right now. So you, it might actually be out of your hands if you go. You're just sitting there at week 17. You're like, oh, I, I, guess, I guess we're the team now. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> so. week 17, we face up against the Washington football team who already beat us in the first game. So how funny would it be? <laughs> not funny. Not funny at all. Where that's for the division and they fall flat on their face. But it is funny, though, hearing your perspective on this Eagles team, not being in the trenches yeah. like, uh, like I am here. It's, it's, uh, it's a different mindset. It's almost relaxing because – you go into anywhere to get your coffee around here. Everyone's miserable. Everyone's pissed. And then this team, the vibe is set. We're waiting for the Sixers. And they normally break our hearts too. It's one big cycle, damn it. That's it. It just goes round and round and round. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck, bud. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Absolutely. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com and all the places where you can find me. You know where to find me. So thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy, and as always, go pack, go.